I'm not saying Bush did 9-11. I'm just saying. Jet fuel can't melt steel beast. <laughs> Conspiracy theories. Um, so that is probably why I'm on this podcast right now. We're gonna do something fun for you. So now that we got that out of the way, let's uh, let's talk drinks. So this week we're switching it up. Um, we're not drinking. Well, we are drinking beer. We are drinking <laughs> beer. <laughs> but we're also drinking um, lavender gin um, and lemon cocktails. We had all that lavender that we talked about on the Toronto episode. So uh, finally putting it to some good use. Yes, but uh. Caroline was nice enough to bring us some soft parade because, you know, once you can get your hands on it, uh, you have to. You yeah, gotta, it's really you good. Gotta get your hands. Have you never had soft parade? No. Oh no. my god. It's like 8%, so you're gonna be real drunk and very uncomfortable. I mean, I feel like I've this. pretty much already had two G and T's in lavender. <laughs> G and T's. G and T's. But, um, no, soft parade's really good. Um, I got, I introduced you to Soft Parade. You did. You did. Yeah, sure. I'm obsessed with it. So is it seasonal or what? Um, I don't think it's actually seasonal. I think maybe, like, bottle distribution might be seasonal. I might be making some shit up. But, uh, it's real good. It's and definitely hard to get your hands on. I've been to yeah. Benny's a couple of times in the past couple of weeks and I haven't been able to find it until Stephanie texted me on Monday and said she saw it at Benny's and Bottles. It's a lot of bees. Cool, cool, cool. They'll release it in cans and Benny's and Bottles. <laughs> They'll have it in cans at Mariano's sometime in the next couple weeks. The big summer thing. There's actually a mural right by my place of the shorts, the girl on the bottle. That picture? I tried so hard to not make a mural joke. (laughs) (laughs) Mural, mural, mural. Anyway, so um, back to the podcast. (laughs) Since it's been three weeks since we last recorded, um got a lot to catch up on. Yeah, we, uh, we got into some shit in the last three weeks. Um, the day, I think we, in our last episode, we said we were heading to yeah. the It's Always Sunny Patty's Pub pop-up. So yes. we did that and saw The Nightman coming. It was really good. It was really entertaining. I was not expecting it to be that good, and uh, it was good. No, I, I loved it. It was a good time. Um, um, so they did a good job. Um, replay Lincoln Park did a good job on that. They, their pop-ups have been stellar. Yeah, they have been. That one um, wasn't as immersive as the Rick and Morty one. Well, Patty's Pub is also a piece of garbage. Yeah, so, so that's fair. Yeah. Um, Steph and I did the Great Lakes Tattoo Walk of Classic, and contrary to popular belief, 
We did not get matching tattoos. We did not get matching tattoos. People were, as- people were asking us if we were getting matching tattoos because we were going to the tattoo shop at the same time. And, and because us. you both wanted the same artist, and you both were like, we like this exact Oh, that's tattoo. true. I forgot. You came to the opening party. Yeah. I did. I was there, and I saw that you guys were very close to getting the same we one. We were very close. And then at the last minute, didn't you change your mind, Lindsay? Well, no. I wasn't going to get the one that she got. Um, I changed my mind from a different one. Yeah, she changed hers, like, her mind, like, super last minute. I knew I was getting this guy. We, I think what the issue was, we thought we liked the same tattoo. I didn't want this one that she got. She mm-hmm. wanted that one the whole time. Although we both got one from last year. Yeah. So we thought, so... I think we thought that we wanted the same one, but we But, did. so for background, Great Lakes Tattoo is over in Westtown, and every year for the last three, three years. years, they do an event, what's called the Walk-Up Classic. During Chicago Tattoo Convention. Yeah, it's the same weekend as the big villain arts convention. And what they do is they bring in all these guest artists, and essentially it's all the flash that's in the shop regularly, plus each artist does their own flash sheet each year. So you can choose from the last three years, or you can choose from like anything in the shop. And so Lindsay and I have both been obsessed with this one artist for a really long time, and she was there, and we got mine at 8.30 in the fucking morning. Yep. And it was worth it. It was worth it. And because it she really filled good. up real fast. She did. Um, Steph was, what, the third person? I was four. Yeah. Um, it was a great time. She's so sweet. We, after getting these tattoos, it was Steve's birthday, and we, like, hung out for that, and we got really drunk, and we're like, we're going to Canada next year and getting big tattoos. Oh, yeah. Her. We, we've decided we're going to get gigantic tattoos from the artist we saw. So we're going to Canada next year. I'm down to go to Canada, so I'm inviting myself on this trip. Please come. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone's invited. Canada's great. Canada's Canada fun. great. And it's only like an hour trip to where she is. So like, from Toronto. Like Toronto. I'm pretty sure they just leave us read there, too. So, like, blase bitches. While we're talking about Steve's party, that was a fun time. Oh, yeah. Steve uh, had a great birthday. So, like, last year for Steve's birthday, because we kind of put it together last minute, it was just me, Caroline, your roommate, and Steve. So we kind of just hung out. We got super drunk that night and had a good fucking time. So yeah. It wasn't- and then after me and Taylor left, Taylor's my roommate, I think Carolina showed up with He Who Must Not Be Named. Okay, so. Steve's party. Steve's party late. for this year, I swear to fucking God, there was, like, 30 people there were in my apartment. New- don't have a huge apartment. There were, there no, were a lot of people. There were so many people in my apartment. I kept being like, where? Also, I love, from? so Steve is kind of an asshole. Love you, Steve, but he's kind of a dick. Uh, and constantly makes fun of my Harry Potter tattoo and says it looks like Oogie Boogie. Because it does look like Oogie Boogie. Shut up. Get out. <laughs> uh, but he told all of his friends to say that to me. But like, He only it. had three friends uh, Well, up. he told the three friends to say that to me. But each one of them was like, I love your sorting hat tattoo. Steve told me to say it looks like Oogie Boogie, but I think it looks just like the sorting hat. I loved how many people fucking love Harry Potter there. And, like, we had just gotten our tattoos that day. Yeah, that day. And everybody wanted to see them. But then everybody was showing me their Harry Potter tattoos because they saw mine. And it was just, it was a really good time. Like, I fucking loved it. Everyone was like, I have this Harry Potter tattoo. I have this one. I love Harry Potter. And it was extent has the coolest friends. Yeah, I mean, not that it's surprising, but Steve had three friends show up. No, that's why Mikey came later. 
See, but four friends show up, and then every other of these fucking people, which I mean, my I friends. I we're all friends with Steve. Oh, at this point, I would say, I would yeah. hope you consider yourself friends with yeah, Steve. Yeah, I mean, we're all friends with Steve. Um, but it was fun. That was a good party. I got fucking wrecked. I got I had seven beers, which I'm small, so for me, that was That is a prize. Well, that's actually. <coughs> I had that's a. Like seven too many for you. <laughs> I had a full six pack of Space Cat, Taco Cat, Taco Cat. It's a sour beer that is 4%. I know what you're talking about. That. Yeah. So I had that, and then I had PBRs, and then even though I hate PBR, Hannah and her man left a 30 rack, which I then stole and put in my Uber and just I wondered where that 30 pack of PBR went. I was it like, is there's sitting in my fridge. I literally was I, like, someone brought a case of PBR, and I we have no PBR in the fridge. So like, where did it go? I took it. You took it. What I, I won't drink it. I don't remember. Why did you bring it here? I would have taken it home. Well, I, don't, I threw away the box, so now it's just oh, sitting in my vegetable cans. drawer because PBR is I lost awesome. count of how much I drank, too, honestly. Because, like, I started, I was drinking beer, yeah. a beer I brought. I can't remember what I brought either. Um, but then I started drinking, like, vodka. And your friend, Michael, or Michael in general, was like, I'm really drunk. I'm like, I've seen you drunk. You're going to get more drunk. And I was basically, like, shoving drinks in his face. Oh. And then Michael got hammered. And, and Michelle... Oh, also, Michelle always gets so drunk. No, but she wasn't. She was like, I'm at a good place right now. And then an hour later, she's like, I haven't had anything to drink. I was like, well, now you're too sober. You were at a good place an hour ago. You're done. Now you're too sober. You're done with your sober. Things. I was that, like, pusher that was making everybody get as drunk as I was. Well, Steve's I'm friends kept making me take shots of that. Um, Rachel and Brian brought over that Jameson IPA yeah. cask. Thing. We were drinking that on St. Patty's Day. They're like, we don't want this, so here, you can have it. And we, we killed that bottle. We killed a lot of your liquor. That That's good, because most of it's not mine. I usually kill her gin when I bring over there. Yeah. So that you was did it. I didn't surprising. have one gin, because Marcus was having hard liquor, which he doesn't drink pretty much Marcus at all. Marcus got real liquor. He was so fun. When I vodka, I get so much more talk. When I drink liquor, I get more talkative than when I drink beer. And I was talking to everybody. I was like, this is the most interesting person. And so, what I loved about your friends um, is that everybody listens to this podcast. Like, all of your friends listen to this. And people, like, Derek wasn't there. People were like, where's Derek? I want to meet Derek. I want to hear, like, I want to meet the guy with his final thoughts. Like, everyone was asking me about him. I was like, you listen to this? Like, you know who Derek is? I didn't listen to podcasts until you two started, and Stephanie was like, you are going to listen to my podcast. And I was like, okay, sure. My friends And then I started listening, and now I don't tell them that you have a podcast. No, I do. They just don't care. Well, Joe doesn't listen. But (laughs) Michelle doesn't listen either. Michelle's my best friend. That's true. That bitch. Michelle, if you listen to this, you bitch. (laughs) Michelle, if you listen to this, I'm sorry because you're actually listening to this, but you're not listening to this, so you're a bitch. Okay, so. Anyways, is there anything? Oh, let let me tell you guys how I ended Steve's birthday. I told Steve. I'm going to bed, clear the apartment, wet in my room, shut the door, and got into bed. Yeah, That's and then not Michelle wrong. and I walk into your room, and we're, like, touching your face and saying goodnight to you. And you're like, why are you here? <laughs> Go away. I remember at one point, it was, like, everyone hanging out in the living room, and then all of a sudden we're like, where's Stephanie? And Marcus is like, I think she either yelled at Steve or went to bed or both. <laughs> And yeah, then, it was both. It was both. It was both. And then we, Steve was sitting there like, yeah, Stephanie went to bed and just staring at us. <laughs> and we were like, so relieved, because you clearly want us out of your house. He's like, great, wonderful. When's the Uber going to be? The best part was like, 
Honestly, if you hadn't gotten tired, I could have gone for, like, hours again. Like, I was having so much fun. Like, usually I get tired by, like, 11 o'clock. It was one in the morning. I was like, I can keep drinking. This is fun. Let's keep doing this. I went I'm to just, bed at, like, 1 in the morning. I will say yeah, I'm surprised we Stephanie did not do her usual tirade. I am going to Beauty Bar. Yeah, I did not do the Beauty Bar tirade. You went to bed <laughs> instead. Enough um, of Steve's party. Enough of Steve's party. That was a lot of fun. Um, in the last three weeks, I'm going to list every concert that I've gone to. It's been a lot. It's been a lot. So, I saw The Hana with and me. Coasts with you. Um... I saw Shopping, which is a dance band from the UK, Acid Dad, a garage rock band from New York. I went to Coles and Logan, and I saw some bands, and I was really drunk, and I'm pretty sure their name was Wet Piss. <laughs> um, I saw The Go Team, and then I saw my anniversary gift from Steve was seeing Cut Copy, so we did that. And then last night, I saw Albert Hammond Jr. And? You're seeing? Oh, and then tonight, Steve and I are going to see Cherry Glazer. So, the three of us actually also went to Oberon Release Day at Hopcat. With Hannah. With Hannah, a couple weeks ago. Uh, That sandwich I got was really good. Have you never been to Hopcat before? I have. I haven't had food there. Why would you go to Hopcat and not eat? I just drink there. Because they have a hundred beers. They have a lot of beers. But their food is so good. I didn't know. I want. I got sushi after. Fuck off. Not okay. My favorite sushi place is across the street. It's called Toro. It's so good. Oh, Toro's across the street from Hobcat. It's not too oh, far. I didn't know that. It's like right there. So we went to. I've always gone from like Hobcat to Toro because it's already oh. right there. And I love Toro. Uh, but yeah, the first time I had food there, it was really good. Oberon's so good. Oh, Oberon release day. Also, like a I love it. We need to hang out. I need to hang out. Oh, we love Hannah. I just had uh, dinner with Hannah to celebrate her new job at... Happy Camper! Happy Camper. I saw your Snapchat. We were sitting in the tire swings and drinking Oberon. It was absolute peak Hannah. I was there last week for their bingo. I love her um, style. Like, I love her dad bod chic style. I fucking love it. Dad bod chic. Dad bod chic. Alright, so uh, let's get into this topic du jour. So, since it's April, and April is six months away from October, we I are... I hope it's six months away from October. It's halfway to Halloween. Do we know that for sure? Yeah, I mean, this is the fourth month. October is the tenth. Math. Four plus six is math. <laughs> Ten. Um, is math. So, since Stephanie can't count, and just yes, at this point, I guess she just took my word for it, um... <laughs> We are bringing out our spookiest energy to celebrate halfway to Halloween this month. Uh, so for the next two episodes, we're going to be doing um, kind of like spooky, conspiracy, like just fun things yeah. because we love Halloween. And I mean, it's not like we don't celebrate Halloween 365 days a year or anything, but uh, yeah, so uh, all right, Caroline, you want to lead us into what we're talking about today? So, we're going to be talking about conspiracies. This is something I am very passionate about, and I've done well more research on this than is probably acceptable on my work computer. She honestly did more research than Stephanie and I did. Put way more effort into this episode than Stephanie and I put into anything. I will say, the first topic I'm going to be pulling straight from BuzzFeed. The second one, I have done weeks of research. If not years, just because of my pure obsession with this one thing. So, to get started... Yeah, let's let you kick off uh, 
Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna just to give you like a, an idea of what this episode's gonna be structured like. Um, we're each gonna talk about kind of like a short conspiracy, and then we're gonna go into like an in-depth conspiracy afterwards. Yes. So, so your short. Yeah, quick. Uh, quick, do it. Yeah, my quickie is the one that actually, stupidly enough, got me started on the conspiracy theories. Not legit ones, but that One Direction's Louis Tomlinson's baby is a fake mannequin. I mean, that's pretty legit. That is a legit one. I mean, I read this and I was like, holy shit, that makes sense. So, starting off, like, Louis Tomlinson has all these theories behind him that him and Harry Styles are gay together. Which, I mean, I fucking love Harry Styles. I'm down for that. Yeah, I'm down for that. Harry Styles has come out recently and said, like, what is sexuality? Yeah, he's like, basically said that. He won't put a title on it, but he's basically said bisexual. He's, and he, he's very sexually fluid within himself. Yeah. So, you know, he in himself is just like, I don't give a shit about... He's pretty much either bisexual or pansexual, or whatever you want to call yeah. it, however you define it. Whatever he wants to be. Whatever he... He's that hot, you he's know? He's so hot. He's stupidly beautiful. He's so Except pretty. Except in him. his Mick Jagger phase, because that no, was I mean, just... No, he's currently in Mick Jagger phase, but he's No, still, he was the long hair. Oh, yeah. I mean, the he's long still... Hair beautiful. He's wearing, like, these floral suits and he's holding his sexuality. He's doing everything. I'm not into Harry Styles, but he was looking real good in that flower. Ooh, no. I'm very into Harry Styles. I'm very into Harry Styles. Uh, And he looks, he's looked good every part of the phase, and yeah. I'm I'm here for Harry and Louie. Oh, I'm here for Harry and Louie, Larry. What is here Larry Silenson is what their celebrity (laughs) couple is. I'm here for Larry Silenson. So, my stepsister is actually the one who got me into this. Her name's Amanda, and she is 30 years old and is obsessed with One Direction. I mean, it's fair, because I used to be obsessed with the Jonas Brothers when I was 14, but she's so 30. So, defense, I get that. I used to judge, like, my best friend is super into One Direction, and I used to judge her hardcore. Then I listened to them, and I was like, this is actually not that. I was the same way, and then and one Harry of my Styles favorite is... songs right now is Little Things. It is composed by Ed Sheeran, but it's just so sweet, and they're all, like, so cute. And they're talking about, like, freckles and tea and shit. I'm about it. Harry Styles' solo album is really good, too. We've talked about Ooh, this. We have talked about this. That's a really um, good it's album. It's a really good album. Um, it's really unexpected for him. But anyways, back on to Baby Gate. Back on to, yes, this conspiracy is called Baby Gate. I'm so proud that you know this, because I'm obsessed with this one. So... The general, like, scheme of this is that Louis Tomlinson started dating this girl, Brianna, in May 2015, and she created all of her social media accounts about two days before they were ever photographed together. Four weeks later, she was, she came out saying that she was pregnant with Louis's baby, and that is well before her three-month, like, trimester, her first trimester, trimester? Trimester. Trimester. (laughs) Where you're supposed to, like, where it's, it's called the safe period. Like, yeah. once you enter into your second semester, you know, mural, trimester, there you go. Mural, mural, semester, trimester. Tri- yeah. Once period. you enter into your second baby round, so <laughs> let's call it that, you are pretty much safe to start telling people. So, you know, she was posing for all these photos before she came out and said that she was pregnant and saying stuff like, this one's for the sun, this one's for the paparazzi. The first time her and Louie had the bed, you know, photographed together. So it was very clear that she was in this for the publicity. So four weeks later, she came out as pregnant saying that, you know, I just got back from the doctor. Here's my pregnancy test, my urine test saying that I'm pregnant. So from there, it started just 
going more downhill where um, they started, they had the baby, you know, she's very quiet throughout the pregnancy apart from one Instagram post that she sent to one of her quote unquote best friends that said, me at the doctor's holding her belly getting one of her sonograms. Called an ultrasound. So she was at the doctor's getting one of these ultrasounds, sent a picture to her best friend saying, you know, at the doctor's ready for my six month checkup. That same picture was stolen from a lifestyle blog from two years earlier of a woman who looks incredibly like her, who also has a baby. What? So This is more than I ever did. I didn't know about any of this. Yeah. Keep going. Spill that tea. I'm spilling tea everywhere. So, you know, fast forward to January 2016, they have the baby. Uh, two days after the baby was actually born, Louie comments on his Twitter account, I'm pleased to say my baby son was born yesterday. He is healthy and pretty amazing. I'm very happy. That was on January 23rd. He said, my son was born yesterday. However, Brianna went on her Instagram and said, Freddie 1 slash 21 slash 2016. So he was born two days before then, and Louis even got his own son's birthday wrong in this tweet to all of his fans. Oh, my God. They can't even keep that straight. And so, just to, like, give background, this is, like, people think that baby game is because they were trying to dismiss the relationship between Harry and Louie. Exactly. Correct. They want, even if they were together, they want to throw the nose off of this so far. They want people to just go, well, he's got a kid with a woman, so there's no reason right. he could possibly be gay with Harry. Right. And I think, and this is like just a Harry thing in general, Harry was known for being like a womanizer and like dating girls and like dating somebody else two days later. And like a lot of one day's fans think that that was just fake. Like, who he was dating, like, him dating Kendall Jenner and Taylor Swift and all that was just fake to get sent off of the fact that he was dating Louis the whole time, because they lived together at some point. Um, so... Exactly. Goes deep. There's more evidence towards them dating, but this isn't Baby Gay. Baby Gay is specifically about this mannequin baby. So, you know, Brianna posts this picture, he got the date wrong, all of that kind of stuff. So from there forward... They start posting pictures of the baby. Now, there's this girl. Her name is Roxetta on YouTube. She looks almost a dead ringer for Brianna. And she had a baby. So all these pictures that Brianna's posting cuddling up next to her baby, people have been speculating that this is actually this YouTuber who's had a baby a couple years beforehand taking her old photos she hasn't posted and putting them out there as, like, me and this child. Another great fact about it is Brianna walked out of the hospital in ripped jeans, holding her baby, not looking like she ever gave birth, with this quote-unquote... You don't walk out of hospitals. You, you don't. You get wheeled out you in a wheelchair. Exactly. You get wheeled out, and you're not allowed to wear, like, anything that's really constricting. She's no, wearing tight, right. ripped right. jeans. So that in itself is just... There's a lot going on that is very sketchy in terms of her being photographed walking out of the hospital right afterward, then all the photographs she's posting, then this stealing the pictures from a lifestyle blogger who was pregnant, and then also this YouTuber who looks a dead ringer for her. Were there any photos beyond this girl, this YouTuber baby, of Brianna pregnant? There's almost no photos that okay. I can find or this BuzzFeed article I am directly reading from. 
that cites her Okay, name. so all I right. don't know. Continue on. That, that answers my question. So then all these pictures of Louie comes out holding this child. And there's a lot of conspiracy about, like, the way the hand of the child is always posed in this certain way and all this kind of stuff. I don't really believe that. I believe that he's taking photos of a real child. However, his manager, three months before they had Louie's baby, gave birth to twins. So, I believe, and so does this BuzzFeed article, that, I'm referencing it a lot, don't laugh at me, it's all my research. No, I'm... I, I'm not laughing. I think it's awesome. This is... I'm a this is my conspiracy I'm a theory. This is the one. I got returned. I'm too. So, his manager gave birth three months or so before Louis's baby was born. From there, um, I think that the manager was kind of leasing her child out to Louis to take pictures with and saying, Hey, here's my child. You know, here's pictures of me and him. And... I'm not in a relationship with Harry Styles because I have this baby. So, a lot of this comes to light, and people start taking pictures of him, like, trying to get pictures of the two of them together, the baby and everything. They can't really get pictures. Every time they bring the baby out, it's uh, in a carriage that's covered. They're going out into these specific places in Hollywood that are known to be paparazzi headquarters and paparazzi traps to be able to be photographed with these carriers rolling around. Also, Louie is obsessed with anything child-related. If you look through his Instagram, all of his nieces, his nephews, his, you know, fans that are younger, he posts, like, enormous posts about them, all the stuff. He has posted three times with his son. Show us the baby. Show us the baby. Right now, it's 2018. The baby is almost two and a half years old. They should be, yeah, it should be. There should be more yeah. photos of him, right? right? There's, like, one or two videos of him. There's one video I actually saw on Brianna's of the child now. But other than that, it's just a kid. So, the fact... Then there's, like, this whole discrepancy with Louis' tattoos, the baby itself on his chest, and the black and white of the photo, because black and white photos are easier to retouch right. than color photos. Right. So, people did a lot of you know, shuffling with the imagery to be able to see that the baby's head wasn't rested on Louis's chest. Newborn babies can't hold their heads up. So the fact that the baby's head wasn't resting on his chest gives sense that it's not a newborn baby. It could be a couple months old. Back to the manager having a couple of kids before he was photographed with these children. Also the fact that his tattoos in themselves aren't there when the child is actually born. So he got a couple tattoos after the kid was born, and the pictures don't show those tattoos of him holding this kid. There's also a picture of Louis signing a photograph to a fan, and he's looking down. Someone took that face off of it, photoshopped it onto next to the face of him holding the baby and looking down at the baby. It's the exact same face. His hair falls the exact same way six months later. Exact same facial hair, exact same everything else. That baby's not real. That baby's not real. That baby's, that not, baby's real. not real. That baby's not real. So, you know, fast-forwarding more and more, there's more conspiracy about his hair length at that time, going from being at his ear length to the absolute nape so of this the hair. this is, like, the thing, though. I feel like, as a One Directioner, like, if you're in One Direction, you can't get shit, like, past your fans, because your fans are fucking, like, in it. Like, 
Your what fans stand you so hard. Yeah. Your their fans are so in it. You can't pull the shit over them. Like why try? I mean, it's one of those things where it's if they want to try to conceal something because in Hollywood, it's not unfathomable for people to be in a relationship for publicity. Like, mm-hmm, so-and-so, Katie Holmes and Tom Cruise, while it's not confirmed, she, the day she got she got together with Tom Cruise, five years to the day later and one kid later, she filed for divorce. No, 100%. I mean, She's like, in a five-year contract to be with Tom Cruise. Kristen, uh, Kristen Stewart has said that her relationship with Robert Pattinson was completely fake. Oh, And it yeah. was just for Twilight. Like, she has said that because people wanted to see them together. The same with, uh... Why would anyone want to see them together, though, well, first Well, the same with Ansel Eagle. She's been gay like, since she was, like, 60. That yeah. was it, too. But, like, same with Ansel and Shyla and Shailene. Oh, they, I never knew they were together. They pretended to be, to be together for, um, The Fault in Our Stars. Um, but he's been with the same girl from his high school since he was in high school. I was going to say, if you're going to try to tell me next that Kit Harrington and the... Oh, no. Leslie Rose? I yeah. I think they're real. That, okay. If you're going to try and tell me that's not real, that's, I, I, I cry. I should because that. that needs to be real. Yeah. Okay. That, well, it is real, but that needs to actually be real. I was going to say, if you're going to try no, to tell like, me that's not there's real... There's a ton of... You're right. There are a ton of, like, fake relationships in Hollywood. Like, Harry Styles has had so many fake relationships. Um, and it's just for publicity. It's oh, yeah. just to, like, prove that they're straight or whatever. Um, so, like, I, I 100% agree with you. Like, it's totally not, it's, a, it's understandable, like, they do that. Yeah, so, you know, that's pretty much the end of this. There's a lot of other stuff that goes on to say, like, the way the baby's hand is always in this one position means that it's, like, a baby that's, like, fake. They bought a mannequin baby that has, like, hands, like, kind of wrapped around slightly, and it's always in this, like, L-shape, like, finger and thumb position and, like, curled over the rest of the hands. It's just a lot of, like, small stuff, like, the toes being sprayed of the baby when she posts, like, and it looks like mannequin baby feet. Like, I'm not going to deny that. It's a really creepy post. Like, I've got a nephew. I've seen his feet. They don't look that perfect. <laughs> All right. So, verdict. Verdict, I think maybe the baby is real because I've seen videos of it and it does look a lot like Louie. I believe that they faked all the pictures they took with that kid. Maybe they didn't want to actually put the kid yeah, out there. That makes sense. You know, I know a lot of who is it? Or like Blake Lively like that baby and got like he had the baby later than when he said he did. Maybe he had the baby with someone else. Yeah, that he didn't want to say. There's a lot of theories out there. Maybe they made the baby afterward. I don't know. Cloning's this thing. Like, there's a lot of theories. So, I mean, I believe the baby in these pictures is fake, but there is a real child out there, so I really can't say that that child's a fake child. That's true. That's true. So, I'm just saying. But when I read this, I was like, there's a lot of evidence that that's a fake baby. Alright. So, uh, you want to do yours or want me to do mine? Um, I can go next. So, I'm going to go on mine with Avril Lavigne. Um, like I, there's no really, like, cool name for this. We can call it Avril Lavigne Gate if you want. Um, but basically, it's the theory out there that Avril Lavigne died, and she was replaced by a body double. Um, so, to start with, basically, Avril Lavigne, when she started becoming famous, um, hired a body double to um, redirect paparazzi, and this body double was named Melissa. And body doubles are not uncommon in Hollywood, or no, even absolutely. politics. Yeah, it's totally normal. Um, so basically, the idea is that this body double was around her a lot, started to pick up on her mannerisms, and essentially became her quote-unquote clone. Um, 
So Avril Lavigne's grandfather died pretty soon after her first album, which was called Let Go. And the theory out there is that she killed herself because of that. Um, and the main, like, basis for this theory is the fact that Avril Lavigne right now has less freckles than Avril Lavigne back in the day. She also dresses differently and makes completely different music. So after Let Go... She does. Um, she really does. What was Under My Skin? Yeah. Came out next. Which was, like, kind of different than Let Go. Like, Let Go was, like, Scary Boy, Complicated. Um, like, kind of, like... Under was, My Skin was real angsty. Yeah, it was very angsty. Uh, or Let Go was, like, kind of high school-y, and then yeah. Under My Skin was angsty. Um, and then after that, she had, like, Girlfriend and Hello Kitty. And so, as like, soon as Girlfriend came out, I knew something was up. She basically went from wearing, like, ties and, like, big jeans um, to wearing, like, tutus and, like, dressing yeah. up early. So, like, the idea is that... First somebody, off, who wears tutus? Don't, don't dress like Melissa that. Melissa does. Melissa. <laughs> Melissa wears tutus. Yeah. Melissa um, wears tutus. Melissa and, like, Boys Town people, on St. Patty's Day, I saw many tutus. But, so they, um, another part of the reason that people think that Avril Lavigne was replaced by a body double is, like, some of her lyrics. So, basically, um, they think that Melissa, who's currently Avril Lavigne, right. has been, like, hinting at the fact that she has become Avril Lavigne through her lyrics. So, the song, like, Nobody's Home has a hint for suicide, and the lines goes, she wants to go home, but nobody's home. It's where she lies, broken inside, with no place to go, no place to dry her eyes, broken inside. She's fallen inside, she can't... She's fallen behind. She can't find her place. She's losing her face. She's fallen from grace. She's all over the place. Like people that think song like, is deep. And it's a good song. That song hit song. me when I was a, like a But people also teenager. think that's her, her talking about Avril Lavigne's death. Yeah. And then there's another one that's from the song Slipped Away that goes, Ooh. it wasn't fake. It happened. You passed by. No, you were gone. Now you're gone. Therefore, you. there you go. There you go. Somehow, somewhere I can't bring you back. Um, and then my happy ending don't leave me. Don't leave me hanging in a city so dead. Held up so high on, held up so high on such an unbreakable thread. Um, super emo, but like people think that she's just straight up saying, "I will be killed herself. This is me." Uh, and then there are like photos of her where she has like the word like her, the name Melissa written on her hand, like photo shoots. Um, so there's been a huge change in her like appearance, her musical style, and like shout outs to Melissa. And the fact that she was Melissa. So, um, that's, like, really the basis of it. Like, the fact that her face kind of changed a little bit. Um, she has, like, fewer freckles. She dresses differently, and her music is different. Um. Which could also be signs of aging, but this is a conspiracy theory. No, this is a conspiracy theory. Avril Lavigne died. Well, also. No, her face looks, it says, it her face You're does not, look different. It looks a lot, like, not, like, aging different. Like, it I looks wonder different. if anyone can do those, you know those things that, like, they're tests to show you if your face is completely symmetrical or not? So, like, Denzel Washington, like, his face is completely symmetrical. Wait, That's why he's the most attractive. It is. I've done that it. Makes me, no, I love, no, I love that. I love Denzel Washington. So, it's just stuff like that. So, like, I wonder if anyone has seen if, like, her, so much her right now. portions, because even if your portions extend outward and change a little bit, they'll still be your normal proportions. Portions, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, face she looks totally a lot, different. But, like, she also contracted Lyme disease in, like, 2013. So, like, the fact that she disappeared mm-hmm. from publicity about that point is kind of, like, indicative 
And people think that that, that was part of the reason. How the fuck do you contract Lyme disease? From ticks. From ticks. I actually knew a guy in college. I know. Who did you know what I mean? Like, if you're listening to this, you're a piece of shit. I, you know what I mean? Like, that's so not oh, normal. My favorite one. It's is normal that. if you live in the middle of fucking. So my favorite world. one. Is she was she famous. Did, she did an ad for a snack bar, and it was. People think that people have said. Avril Bean would never promote a Slim Secret bar. The jig is up, Melissa. That's true. Yeah, no, that's true. I support that. Yeah, I do too. Well, there's also a lot of theories that go back to, like, Paul McCartney was replaced. Yes, and, like, there are a lot of theories out there. But also, if she's if she is Avril Lavigne, post a photo with Melissa. If she's Avril how Levine, hard is you? Avril Lavigne, post a photo with Melissa. If you are really Avril Lavigne, how hard is it to get a photo with your body double next to each other? If you're really Avril Lavigne, why did you marry the guy from Nickelback? Whoa! That's the real question. Why did you marry Chad Kroger? That's it. He's not even attractive, and he's also Nickelback. The guy from Sum Forty One before that. Yeah, the small one. Yeah, Um, little little Chad. Small, small Chad. I'm going to mine. Mine's way short, so totally fine. Um, Is anyone that actually knows me? I am obsessed with Andrew W.K. Who is not obsessed with Andrew W.K.? Who is Andrew W.K.? My, right, so who is I, Andrew W.K.? Derek and I are getting married in September. Our entire wedding playlist is just Andrew W.K. The whole time. <laughs> it's also just song Party Hard by Andrew W.K. Repeat. The whole time. Um, so, my theory is that Andrew W.K. is not who he says he is. Who is Andrew W.K.? Who is Andrew W.K.? So, here's here's what I got. Andrew W.K. or is and was someone named Steph Mike who may or or may may not not be be Dave Grohl. Yeah, who may or may not be Dave Grohl. He was listed as an executive producer on I Get Wet, the big album with Party Hard, She is Beautiful, all the fun shit. Andrew either used to go by the name Steph Mike, or no longer does, or never did. He, the real theory is that Steph Mike is someone else, a.k.a. Dave Brawl. And there was a switcheroo after 2005 with a different actor. So the idea is that either... Andrew W.K. was created by someone, maybe Dave Grohl, and they hired an actor to play Andrew W.K. Or, there's some other theories that are more up my speed that will relate to what I'm talking about later. Andrew W.K. was created by a corporation, and he is not, he is one of the members of the Illuminati. I like that one. He was hired to be an actor and play this Andrew W.K. character who's so over the top and so into partying. And there's even, um, in 2009, in air quotes, Andrew said he is not the original performer and is a different guy from when I get wet. So, Andrew W.K., as we know now, is either an actor the original guy has been replaced. My favorite theory is that Andrew W.K. only exists at Riot Fest 
there's a lot of evidence towards that. However, We're now he's see playing. Him in However, so, now like, he's playing at different festivals, so he'll exist at festivals. No, we're well, seeing him in the Vivian Bay. Bay. He has played shows, like, yeah. he played a show at Gainesville for free. This is bullshit. This is conspiracy. No, theory. he played a show at Gainesville. Like, he, he plays shows. Yeah, he, he plays shows. shows. We're trying to go to his show in May. Why would but, you ever go to show? You know, I can so, sing you his lyrics. I like to party. Let's party. Get down at the party. Ready to party. When, we're right, when, we're <laughs> <laughs> when it's time to party, we'll party hard. <laughs> Am I wrong? No, that's actually right. Okay, when so Stephanie and I saw him. Hard. Stephanie and I saw him at 2016 Riot Fest. That was my first time seeing him. So that was our first time seeing him. I turned to her and said, "Has he been playing the same song for 45 minutes?" She goes, "No, all the songs are something about party. Yeah, something, something, party, yeah. party, something, something. Yep. Yeah." And then there yeah. was a bunch of fat, bearded weirdos in the crowd going, "Yeah." Yeah, Party. I mean, Derek fucking, Derek fucking loves Andy WK, so. Here, me and, me and Derek will go see Andy WK. No, I will go see WK. Andy WK, but. I will go see WK. <laughs> for, to Carol's point, Derek is a bearded weirdo. That's true. You know? Alright, so, conclusion. I found a website called What Happened to AWK. What happened to NWK? Alright. So, uh, getting into the longer, quote-unquote longer, quote-unquote longer, um, Conspiracy Carol, you wanna bring us in? I will. I will bring you into the conspiracy to end all conspiracies. Malaysian flight MH370. So, obviously, as any of you conspiracy theorists know, a lot of stuff has been going around on the internet like, in the past month about the new Malaysian flight information. So let me just break down some basic information and a really clear timeline for you. So the Malaysian flight took off on March 8, 2014. It was a Boeing 777 with 227 passengers, 12 crew members. It was headed from Kuala Lumpur to Beijing. Took off at 12.42 a.m., and was scheduled to arrive in Beijing at 6.30 a.m. Mysteriously, during that time frame, it went missing, and it has never been recovered. So, talk about a couple, like, let's lay together a quick, quick timeline. So, flight takes off. They are contacting with the Malaysian airspace. The last known point of contact with the Malaysian airspace was at 1.19 a.m. with air traffic control. They, air traffic control said, please reach out to the Vietnam airspace air control to let them know that you're entering it. And Malaysian flight said, okay, good night, Malaysian flight 370. From there, they disappeared from radar three minutes later. From there, at 1.22 a.m., they were tracked by military radar. So they crossed over the Malala Peninsula and they disappeared off the radar, and from military radar, we can gather from both Vietnam and Malaysian airspaces, they were tracked, crossing over that peninsula, and then deviating off of their path west and a little bit south, in between Malaysia and Indonesia. So at 2.22 a.m., they were over the Ottoman Sea, out of range of air traffic control space. They logged on to 
in MERSAT, which is a global satellite that tracks cell phone services and other satellite uh, communications at 2.25 a.m. Their SUD, which is their satellite data unit, which communicates to ground control, which is air traffic control, cut out between 1.07 and 2.03 a.m. to be able to see where they were and track their location at all times. So in that time frame, when they disappeared from radar, military radar was able to track them crossing over off of their path and out of range to the Adamamaisi. They turned south, passing north out of Sitamatra, and then they were gone. Their last communication with the Immersat satellite was at 1.19 a.m., an hour and 45 minutes after they were scheduled to land in Beijing. Damn! That in itself is very sketchy. A A Boeing 777 is massive. It's not something that can just be disappeared. Yeah, Another a 777 thing. is, like, huge. It's huge. It hosts, I think, up to 230 passengers. That's a lot. That's plus, a lot of people. Plus crew. So, you know, if they had 12 people on crew and 277 passengers... <laughs> it's almost 300 it's people. It's almost a lot people. of people. It's, it's a lot of people. So... That in itself, there is discrepancy in the manifest report of passengers. There are some people that were unaccounted for, some people that didn't show up for the flight, some people that were then let onto the flight because they were on the bypass list. So there's a couple of discrepancies over news reports from CNN to Fox to... Whoever. To ABC to whoever. Yeah, exactly. About these reports. So there is one person that is undocumented or unaccounted for and four that didn't board the original flight in itself. So from this flight, I believe 93% were Chinese. The other 7% were mixed nationalities from Israeli to German to United States to Australian to just all around the board. So I think 175, 173 of these passengers were Chinese. The Chinese government in looking for the Malaysian flight, was the least resourceful and paid the least to find the Malaysian flight. When they had the most amount of passengers headed to Beijing. That's a lot. That's a lot. Think about. Yeah. And so, you know, I said previously that the last point of contact was goodnight Malaysian flight 370, which everyone takes into speculation saying this is so creepy, why would he say goodnight? Air traffic control said, please contact Vietnam airspace. You're out of Malaysian airspace. Good night, Malaysian flight 370. And so they responded saying, good night, Malaysian flight 370. They didn't say, good night, Malaysian flight 370, and then disappear off the radar. That didn't happen. No, it was like an ask. It was it was an ask and a tell. It was like, because when someone says good night to you, control. you politely say good night back yeah. to you. And then you relay yourself back to another Vietnam airspace. Or yeah, Vietnam right. airspace. So that was one thing that I just want to bust right now. That was not creepy. That was completely reasonable that he said it. From there, let's go into some flight and case information. There is no distress signal, signals of bad weather, or technical problems reported to any air traffic control by the flight in itself. So, Damn, dude. Exactly. 
So you think if something were going wrong, the first thing that the cockpit would do was reach out to air traffic control and saying, saying, hey, there's something's not something, right. Something funky is going on. Yeah. We're turning around. Which is exactly what the flight looked to be doing in their flight. If you'd like to look at any of their maps, Google it. You know, there's 110 maps plus on yeah. Google Images. Any sort of airspace, like radar map, they have the Malaysian Flight 370 maps on there. So... That was the first red flag, was there's no distress signal whatsoever about anything going on in the flight. On top of that, there were two people that aborted the flight that had stolen passports. They were passports to China, like from the Chinese government, that were bought in Malaysia so they could board these flights. Mm -hmm. Now, all governments that have been involved in this case have looked in them and they believe they were asylum seekers. They were just people who were in a bad situation that were trying to seek asylum in China. Alright. They All have right. been disproven. From there, they have found several pieces of debris, but it's a very small amount that they can confirm that comes from the Malaysian flight. So they found a small piece of a flapper, which is the part that comes up when you land to slow the plane down, right. in the ocean, off of a couple of islands off the coast of West Africa. East Africa. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <coughs> so, going into it more, they only had enough fuel for the flight. If you guys don't know that, commercial air flights only supply themselves with enough fuel in their tanks to get them from one place to the other. One place to the other, plus reserve in case they are rerouted for a couple of hours for air traffic control or airport delays or anything like that. So they only had enough time for about an eight-hour, nine-hour flight. Yeah. So they, the last ping on the satellite was around 8.19 a.m. to an hour, or an hour and 45 minutes after they were scheduled to land, right. which is the last known contact that pinged to a satellite. Mm-hmm. And so these satellite pings pretty much come down to, if you're on your phone and you are connecting to the cellular internet and you are on LTE... Every once in a while, the satellite will communicate to your phone to make sure that you are still online. Okay. That's exactly what the satellite Inmarsat was doing to the Malaysian flight. It was pinging to them to just make sure, hey, are you on? Sending a log-on request to the satellite itself, which requires absolutely no manual data to hit, yes, we are pinging to you, yes, we understand you're requesting this, and sending it back to them. So, they pretty much timed out their entire fuel system from there. And all of that is tracked by the satellite unit in Mersat, which is in the Indian Ocean that, you know, goes through and um, funnels all communications for that satellite. Right. So, that's pretty much the basis of this communication. So, that's all flight details... A lot of case information. So from there, they it is reported that the last known contact is at 1.19 a.m. with air traffic control. That is actually not true. 
Ooh. Wait. Spill that tea. Yeah, I was saying, you spill that tea. Spill that tea. Flight, a passing flight that after at 1.30 a.m. was contacted by Vietnam Airspace saying that, hey, we cannot contact Malaysian Flight 370. So they said, reach out to them through your telephone service that only can be communicated through the, pa- the pilot seat. So from there, the pilot of the other Narada Japan bound flight called them and said, Hello, Malaysian Flight 370, please respond to Vietnam, Vietnam, Vietnam Airspace Air Traffic Control to report your location. So after that happened, the cockpit answered the call from the other passenger and commercial airline and said, you know, we receive your call. However, when they picked up the phone, the only thing that the other plane could hear was static and mumbling. And this was 11 minutes after they disappeared off radar. So their last known point of contact is actually from this Narada Japan-bound pilot in this Narada Japan Japan pound plane, which is not common knowledge. So after they answered, he only heard static and mumbling, so he couldn't actually get in touch face-to-face or voice-to-voice with the Malaysian flight, but he was the last point of contact. So there's a lot of discrepancy on what the last point of contact is and where this flight actually went. So it was headed towards Beijing, which goes from Indonesia Indonesia, off the coast of Malaysia, and then wrapped in between, right after they lost contact, they pretty much did a U-turn and started going back down Malaysia at kind of like a, a 480, 425? What's, so it's I mean, the most you can do 360. The most you can do is 360. So it's like, this is 90. Uh-huh. It goes like this. And then this is For anyone 90. listening, uh, Caroline's is making like lines. <laughs> I'm making lines with my hands. It's Whatever. not really making, yeah. So, make they go over one of these fucking islands, and then they disappear off of military radar, and they're never seen again. But they're still pinging the satellite seven hours later. So, people have been speculating, like, what happened? Like, it's obviously, you've heard of it. It's a huge search. Like, it's pretty much the only airplane besides Amelia Earhart to ever go missing and never be found. Especially with that many people on board. So... Recently, in, like, March 2018, there's been a bunch of, like, Twitter speculation that comes out that says there's this guy, his name is straight away on YouTube, he got a voicemail around the 14th or 15th that said all of this kind of, like, crazy Delta Alpha, which is, like, a phonetic code that reads, S, danger, it is dire for you to evacuate, be cautious, they are not human. And then it has a coordinates. Wait, I'm sorry. Go back. Back up, back up, back up. What's up? They are not human? Yeah, say, they are not human? So this this Twitter user got this voicemail, posted on Twitter, and said, what the fuck, I just got this weird-ass voicemail. Someone please decipher. And from what I gather... Was it through Morse code? It was. It was like, it was like, Delta, Alpha, Nader, Ginger, and so people put it together, and it was like this, it was like this two-minute-long voicemail. And it's spelled out phonetically, S-Danger, 
it is dire for you to evacuate. Be cautious. They are not human. And then it spelled out coordinates 04293396423. Oh, I saw I saw the coordinates. So I'm a part of a Facebook group for another conspiracy theory podcast. And they're called. I hate to promote other people, but. Last podcast. Last podcast. The last podcast on the left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm a part of their Facebook group. And a member posted those coordinates. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically, they were just saying that, like, aliens abducted this plane. That's essentially. Essentially what happened. But so, there's other ideas. Yes. So, you know, they posted this thing. Someone searched the, the coordinates that they posted and said, you know, this is very close to the Malaysian flight was last seen. However, it was, the coordinates were seen on an island in between Indonesia and Malaysia. And that's exactly in between those where the Malaysian flight went missing. But it's nothing really that would make you say, like, this is about the Malaysian flight. This was only, like, one person's speculation and another person's speculation. Huh? That's that. That was a real good. That was, like, real good. Girl. (laughs) Girl. The snap. Wait. Whatever. I can't do that. Whatever. That was a good snap. So, you know... A lot of stuff has been going on the internet from that, saying, like, after that straightaway user, he got this message out there, then he started being followed, even though he posted a message that his house was being photographed by weird people at 3 a.m. three days later. Ooh, wait! This was three days earlier. This was earlier. Oh. So, three days earlier, he was like, oh, like, weird people are photographing my house. Like, what's going on? I'm gonna die tonight. And then three days later, he got this voicemail that someone else on Twitter, he did not do himself, put towards those are the coordinates of the Malaysian flight. So from there... I wish, like, the people that are listening to this could see my face the whole time. Stephanie's face is just melting off right now. I'm going down a hole right now. I need to pull out my, like, tinfoil hat. She did her face is like, oh my god, what? Tell me more. Tell yeah, me. no, tell me more. I need to tell that okay. There's, there's a lot more to this, but I'm going to try to keep it, like, really concise okay. for yeah. everyone to understand. Right. So, after so. they do these coordinates, people say, like, oh, this is the Malaysian flight. It's very close to where it went missing. Which is true, because it is off of, like, the northwest shore of one of these islands. And that's exactly where, in between those islands, where the Malaysian flight had its last contact with actual radar and GPS. Now, they were able to track the GPS of the flight by Inversat, by its pings, to this, like, like you know, very low-grade cellular satellite. Right. To be able to see where their current search area is, where if you Google it, where the flight went missing, and then where they're doing the search is very far down, like, kind of below Australia, in between Australia and the middle of the Indian Ocean, between that and Madagascar. So it's, like, right around that weird search area. So after this this strange, you know, Twitter guy started getting all these, like, voicemails that are very weird, and other people started saying this is close to the Malaysian flight, he started getting these very carbon-copied, you know, translate from Google, very rough uh, DMs on Twitter that's saying, like, like, delete your post, and there's things from Morse code, and there's just Ooh, like... it's so fucking spooky. It's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of it's stuff. It's spooky. It's spooky. Spoopy. spooky. So no, that's actually spooky. It's that not spooky. spooky. That's spooky. That's 
spooky. It's spooky. So he started getting things in like different languages, then he would translate and it said like delete your post about the Malaysian player. Delete your post that you just posted about the voicemail. And so he got it in like Malaysian, Indonesian, and Morse code. In different forms. Like Malaysian it was in Morse code in like three different forms. So after a lot of other people translated it, there's like this one guy, I can't remember his name, it's like it's like on on whatever. Some fucking YouTuber has been fueling this whole conspiracy theory the entire time, saying stuff like, it's close to Malaysian flight. This is probably the recordings from the black box because theory is, and I don't know if this is real because I just watched another video today, that the Twitter user who originally posted these messages, these voicemails, was from Australia. And Australia on March 14th and 15th have been having these solar flares, which do affect communications. They affect, like, your cell phone, your computer, a bunch of other, you know, communication devices. So, radio, satellite, all the stuff. So they think that it was the black box that was crashed in that area coming up and redistributing their SOS call and putting it out to all these different cell phone services. And a lot of people just ignored them, but this one guy posted it and went crazy. And so, you cannot ignore that. You can't ignore it. No. Like, so I don't know if he's actually Australian because I did hear him speak today, and he did, he sounds very American. So that might be busted, which is fine. But however, after all this happens, and he gets all this weird shit and all these DMs talking about like the Malaysian flight and all of these Twitter users who have this stuff that says like four eighteen eighteen, like they will come and overtake. A bunch of other, Ooh, like, bullshit. That's, like, that's tomorrow. Four eighteen. Eighteen. Not eight. That's 11 days away. It's the 7th. It's 11 days. That's... Oh, there's a... I'm sorry. It's, like, two weeks out. It's, it's two weeks out. It's soon. I thought you said four eight. No, four eighteen. Eighteen. Four eighteen eighteen is significant. Let me tell you why. There is a project called Ocean Infinity. They signed a contract with the Malaysian authorities and U.S. government to be able to search in the allotted search area that is designated by all governments where they think the Malaysian flight went missing. They signed this contract on 1-8-18 or by speculation in between 1-10-18 and 1-21-18 where they signed this contract that would allow them to be able to search this search area to be able to find the missing aspects of the flight for $70 million. If they I found am. anything in their three-month contract, which would end in middle of April, 2018, 418, 18, that they would get $70 million. No find, no fee was their signed contract. So if they do not find anything about the Malaysian flight... They do not get any money in within their three-month contract. They actually do have a website. It is hyperlinked somewhere. I have it on my Google Doc. Google that shit. We'll figure I'm not going to give it to you. Shit. Google that shit. I'm not going to give it to you. But basically, <laughs> they, do give, they do give weekly updates onto their search and their sonar radar about searching this specific area where they believe the Malaysian flight has crashed. So... That's where people believe, like, the 4-8-18, or 4-18-18 comes from. Okay. Was people saying that, like, in these three months, like, on 4-18-18, after their contract is up, they're going to 
go ahead and, you know, expel us information about aliens being real and, like, all this other shit. In reality, it probably just means that they're going to come forward with the information that they found or didn't find, and they probably did not find the Malaysian flight, because they do post weekly updates on their blog about the Malaysian flight. So, after all of this, like, people thought, like, the black box was being broadcasted, when in actuality, everyone's asking, like, why the black box can't be found. A black box only has enough battery to last 30 to 40 days. Yeah. It's been four years, so obviously no one's going to be able to find that. Yeah. And a couple of other things, people are like, well, they had transmission with the Inmarsat satellite. These are called handshakes, which are pretty much, like I said before, if your phone is connected to the internet and is like, hey, are you still watching this YouTube video? And then, like, your phone going, yeah, we're still playing it, and the satellite going, oh, okay, just wanted to make sure. It's like when Netflix asks you if you're still watching your show, and you say, okay, but it's like if you never did it, if your TV just went, oh, yeah, we're still playing. That's what the, like, the very last communications up until 8.19 a.m. were going to. So that's what a handshake is. So that's what the last communication with the Malaysian flight was, with these, like, handshakes or partial handshakes. Yeah. Which was the exact amount of time that they had in their reserve fuel. Let's talk about some actual conspiracy theories. So the number one one is that the, the pilot in himself just committed suicide with all these people on board. Which is not an unreasonable no, assumption, it's not. No, it's seeing not. as, I don't know if you guys know this, the pilot himself had a very similar route in his home flight simulator that mimicked the route that the Malaysian flight actually took. Did not As, know that. Did not know that. Yes. So, a keep, couple of keep, governments... Keep telling me. A couple of governments... Just keep talking. A couple of governments have really looked into this and said, like, oh, he's not a threat. It was just, like... Obviously, a lot of pilots do have home flight simulators because they love to fly. They want to make sure that they're able to. So, they have these home flight simulators to be able to, you know, give more practice. Like... A guitar. Like, the more you practice, the better you are. However, you can't practice all the time on an active flight with passengers. So, this pilot had his home flight simulator that had a very similar flight to the flight taking off, making a U-turn, coming back over Malaysia, heading out towards the Indian Ocean, and then back down, which is also where the end of that flight simulation and the end of the satellite pings is the search error for the Malaysian flight. So that's Damn. the number Damn. one theory that has, quote-unquote, been disproven by a couple of governments. But, like, all right, whatever. A couple of other theories are there was a fire on board, which completely shut down all communications. Right. There was a hijacking that happened, which there's a couple of, you know, things that happened with the people who were undocumented and the passengers who were asylum seekers who had stolen passports and all these other things. So... They think maybe it could have been a hijacking, because there are even some people saying that, if you listen to the recordings of the pilot, he sounds different in the beginning than he does at the end, whatever. There's also ones of uh, missiles shooting down the Malaysian flight, because I'll get into M-17, which is another flight that did go down that was a Malaysian flight three months after this. So then there's another theory that the... um, flight was being trailed by another flight, which is not uncommon for military flights 
to shadow commercial flights so that they are, go underneath the radar and then they take off on their own time to be able to only be caught the very end of their radar by other military. There's another one that just crashed into the ocean, which, after all this voicemail stuff came out, a Reddit user came out and said, here's a Google image of what I believe the Malaysian flight is in the ocean. Guys, it just sounds like loss is becoming real. Yeah. That's pretty much that's what immediately that's what I'm thinking of right now. Right now. That's like, thinking of loss, loss is real life. I mean, that's like 100% what it is. Like, that's what a lot of people real life. So it's like... You know, it crashed in the ocean, and then a Google image search, like, found this image of, like, conveniently a plane that looks, conveniently an image that looks exactly like the plane of the Malaysian flight resting in the ocean, which I think is total fucking BS. Like, let's be honest, that's just bullshit. There's also rumors that the Malaysian flight was taken over by remote control, which the American government has admitted that at that time, in 2014, they did have access to remote control different planes. Ooh, I know. They were testing equipment that could remote control different planes in case of a hijack situation like 9-11, which I'm not saying Bush did 9-11. I'm just saying jet fuel, fuel can't melt steel beams. Thank you. A lot of, like, a lot of stuff like that. And then there's a couple of other ones that are just like the Malaysian flight landed on a U.S. military base that was in the area. There's an Asian Bermuda Triangle. It fell into a black hole. There is Russian... Oh, no. Black hole? I believe Bermuda Triangle more than a black hole. I believe the Bermuda Triangle is a black hole. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. That's another... That's... That's a... No, this isn't something we could go into. This is Halloween. So... Aliens. 
But I think this has nothing to do... That's going to be another podcast, by the way, is the Asian Aliens. I'll be back for that one. <laughs> so You will, yes. We'll bring you back for the Asian Aliens. They think that this has nothing to do with the Malaysian flight and everything to do with it being misled into the Malaysian flight and everything to do with it actually being a star map. Because nothing in that SOS danger like communication was anything to do with the Malaysian flight. That was just theories uh, based off of, you know, world coordinates. So, my craziest theory. I listed all these other theories, like suicide, hijacking, fire, being trailed by a missile, landing at a military base, aliens, all this stuff. What if it is aliens that were trailing the Malaysian flight underneath, like how they, how normal military planes trail commercial flights to be left off radar. What if it was an alien ship, a UFO, trailing the Malaysian flight, the Malaysian flight was able to cut off communications for whatever reason, the pilot, who was a very experienced pilot, realized that all communications were cut, couldn't contact anyone, and merely turned back around to be go back into Malaysian airspace. So he can contact Malaysian airspace because he couldn't contact Vietnam. While he was turning around, he realized he was being trailed by a whatever flying object. From there, something happened where either the passengers and themselves or another entity was aboard the aircraft. Then they started taking over the aircraft, started to hijack it, caused mass panic because they were able to cut all electronic communications on the flight itself, and then started to direct it out of airspace, which is why when the other flight that tried to contact them only heard static and mumbling because their communication was being cut. Exactly like in one of those movies where it's like people are jumping off of bridges and like they are able to jam cellular frequency with these devices by going under a tunnel or going into a specific area. Because right. if you look at these, if you look at the radar, there's like a 2,100 mile gap where nothing is contacted. And then they reappear. So, say right. they did that. So ultimately, wait, wait, wait. I, I only have another minute. Okay. So, say they were hijacked. This was a failed alien abduction. They're hijacked. No one is able to get a hold of it. The government finally gets a communication, realizes that they're being hijacked. They send another plane after them to shoot them down with missiles, and then they crash into the Indian Ocean wherever they land. So, and that's what happened, and they don't want anyone to know the story. Malaysian flight. It was aliens. More of the story. Aliens exist. Alright, so to um, save on time... I am going to cut my part. Um, I was going to talk about how Court and Love killed Kurt Cobain. Which is rational. Absolutely rational. You could just... Just go watch Soaked in Bleach. But we're going to go straight to Stephanie. Yes. So, I am going to talk about my favorite conspiracy and yours, the Illuminati. So, for background... The Illuminati originally was formed during the Enlightenment era, which is like, it was a secret society formed in 1776, and there's a bunch of intellectuals, or quote-unquote intellectuals, that wanted to privately, you know, hang out 
and discuss their opposition to the religious and elitist influence of their daily lives. So this was mostly, like, progressives and Freemasons. So, you know, shout out to Dan Brown books, but the elitists and the Freemasons, they're, at the time, their goal, in air quotes, was to put an end to the mechanisms of the purveyors of injustice and to control them without dominating them. Mm -hmm. And this was actually outlawed by the Christian and conservative groups, but there were still rumors of this group having like a big influence over events at the time, like the French Revolution. So like, the Illuminati's been a thing for like a long time. Like hundreds of years. Right. So, um, the idea is that the entire political and entertainment industry has been infiltrated and that the Illuminati members are using the media to brainwash the masses. So that includes politicians, religious leaders, actors, pop stars. Everybody is in the Illuminati. Anyone in power is is in in the the Illuminati. Illuminati. Right. So, the Illuminati, like I said, started as this oh, let's subvert authority. But now everybody is like, we're going to subvert authority and rule the fucking world. Exactly. So here's what people think is happening. Here's how the Illuminati is going to implement. They're going to implement their new world order. So the gradual approach versus a coup d'etat. So there's multiple ideas here. So if you take a gradual approach, there's a concept floating around that we are trying to replace the United States government with a transitional government, which means borders between the U.S., Canada, and Mexico are in the process of being erased. So, like, we hear today they're trying to build a wall. That's a lie. According to the Illuminati concept, that's a lie. Similarly, a coup d'etat would mean a secret government organization has been using black helicopters to bring about a totalitarian world government controlled by the United Nations. So, essentially, the people that believe in the coup d'etat mindset believe that by taking away the Second Amendment rights or any kind of implementation of gun control legislation will result in the abolishment of personal gun ownership, making it easier for the Illuminati and the government to take us all over. I don't disbelieve that because I was literally talking about last night Larry King not the talk show host, but the politician and very empowered individual. And there's a lot that goes on with his, like, 
whole case that nobody really knows about. Yeah. And it just proves that there are people behind this country running things that you would never know about. Now, granted, we are just drunk and uncultured, so we're just spewing a bunch of conspiracy theories on this podcast. However, with the Malaysia flight, with Kurt Cobain, and with the Illuminati, we encourage you to do your own research. Right. And, for sure. And become Don't. very well aware of what is public knowledge and what they will not allow as public knowledge. Yeah. Anything we're talking about today, go look it up because just we're just drunk and uncultured. So, like, do your own research. Do your own but, research. You know, don't take us for fact. We Most of my shit has been pulled from Wikipedia. Most of Stephanie's stuff has been pulled from websites that are literally www.theilluminati or www.andrewwkisamid.com. So, Caroline brought me down, but let me continue. So, here's how else this Illuminati propaganda is happening. So, we, we talked about the gradual approach and the coup d'etat, but there are many beliefs that we are undergoing mass surveillance. Such as the Amazon Alexas. Your Alexas, listen to you, yeah. So iPhones, your iPads, all this stuff really is listening to you. It is. It's absolutely listening to you. Even if it's not listening to you, it's recording all of the time. Exactly. So between mass surveillance through your social security number, any, like, UPC that gets scanned by anything that you're buying that's tied to these chips in your credit card or your RFID tagging or any kind of microchip or the idea that there might be an FBI agent listening to all of us. No joke, there is 100% an FBI agent. So, the idea that we're being listened to Constantly between what we're buying, our social security numbers, what we're being tagged in the line, microchips in everything that we own, and if you guys have both talked about, like the Alexa and the Google and the whatever. Is Alexa Google or is that Amazon? Alexa is Google. Alexa Google. No, Alexa is Amazon. Google listens to me. Whatever. Alexa, if she, I say, she, okay, Google, she listens to me. <gasps> oh, she popped open. She popped open. She popped open and said, voice, voice unlock. Alright, so like, the voice managing of your phones <coughs> with the dealing with all that. Google wants me to tell That's, them to unlock my phone. No, but this is the part of the Illuminati. And by using this, the Illuminati can institute mind control. They can subvert the control of thinking behavior, emotions, and decisions. So, beyond mass surveillance, we have the mind control. And there have been many mind control experiments done by our our government in the U.S. Things like the Manchurian candidate brainwashing or, like, of, like, sleeper agents, similar to, like, MKUltra, and the and Project Monarch. And if you ever want to watch a really good documentary on it, 
Netflix did an amazing documentary called Wormwood, which is all about MKUltra's effects with LSD on FBI agents. If you ever don't believe us, it is sourced on so many different websites and so many different real classified documents. Yeah, MKUltra is like a huge deal. That is not but a conspiracy theory. That is real. We've got real-life experiences of MKUltra's effects and Project Monarch. There's also the idea there are psychological operations and physiological operations going on with us today, such as subliminal advertising and then, like, silent sound spread spectrum. Yes. Also, tied to your similar New World oh, Order. Sorry, I thought you were going to say tied pause. <laughs> so, between getting fluoride in your water, subliminal advertising, and the silent sound spread spectrum is to also help us, and not help us, but help the government spread their mind control. And this is the idea of why people wear tinfoil hats. Which I was going to make us all matching tinfoil hats. You should have. I should not have have time. No, but you should have. Because Marcus drives like an 80-year-old grandma who's blind. No, you should have made us tinfoil hats. You should have made us hats. I was busy having sex. the idea... (laughs) (laughs) So... The idea of having a tin or a, a, a aluminum foil hat or a tin foil hat because aluminum, aluminum is foil. <laughs> tin and aluminum are God, not I'm the really same. Sorry, <laughs> Caroline and I are very drunk at this point. <laughs> Stephanie's pretty drunk, but she's really invested in the Illuminati. I am really invested <laughs> in the Illuminati. Okay, <laughs> like. This is what I spend my life researching. Stephanie okay. and I are going to get matching tattoos of the Illuminati. We are. Defense, no, we really are. In my defense, Lindsay is way more invested in the Illuminati, and I'm way more invested in... Stephanie, tell me everything about the Illuminati. I can uh, tell you more about the Illuminati. Where did the Illuminati go? Go away. Go away. I miss you're, the Illuminati. You're kicked out of this podcast. All right, so... Tinfoil hats. So, for those of you guys that listen that are not educated... Tin turned into aluminum over time due to time and money and all those things. So when we say tin foil hats, we mean aluminum foil hat. We wear an aluminum foil hat to block any kind of mind control. That's where the idea of the aluminum foil hat, aka the tin hat, came from. Was from the mind control studies. But here's how you know that someone is a member of the Illuminati. So they go from being like normal, doing their thing, and all of a sudden they start using the symbology of the Illuminati or the occult. Here's how regularly like celebrities, the Pope, who gives a fuck, has been identified as members of the Illuminati. So, you start using symbol, symbols like 
devil horns, you know, El Diablo, or like the goat whose name I forget that I should know because I participate in occult rituals. <laughs> no, but like, so we don't know the name of the goat, so if you're posting photos of the goat, and then the all-seeing eye, mm-hmm. any kind of triangle, pentagram, all sorts of shit. So the way you know a celebrity or musical group or politician or pope or whoever has joined the Illuminati is they start using the symbols in public. That's the whole deal with the Illuminati is that they are trying to display their symbols in public. We have a government showing us their pyramid with the all-seeing eye. In God we trust, in God we don't, but so by using the all-seeing eye, that symbol relates to El Diablo, you know, throwing devil horns up or a punk yes. rock fist at any show. Essentially, sure you are relating. Devil horns. Yeah, essentially, you're relating to the Illuminati. Guys. There's also a lot of other things where Stephanie is not wrong in terms of maybe not even quote unquote what people know as the Illuminati, but as people know as like a force behind government that does control a lot of what we think is real. To wrap it up, Avril Lavigne was replaced by Melissa. You Jack know, Fuel doesn't melt still beams. Also, Louis Tomlinson's baby is a mannequin. Yeah. Courtney uh, Love killed Kirk Cobain. And the Andrew Illuminati. WK is not a real person, and the Illuminati is so, so fucking and real. And investigate Malaysian Flight 370. That is bullshit. You know, if any of you want to listen to me talk about conspiracy theories, it's at ha ha bitch you thought at Twitter or conspiracy carol at Instagram. If you know, maybe they will exist in the future, depending on how long. Although you watch this. Podcast. Neither of those exist. It is bad. Neither neither of those exist. But All right. next episode is gonna, are gonna be me and Stephanie talk about talking about uh haunted places. Haunted places, haunted things, spoopy things about spoopy. pop culture. Let's get spoopy. Stephanie and I are gonna get spoopy about pop culture. And I'll be back in possibly October. Yes. You can keep in touch with us and follow all of our shenanigans and updates on social media. Because you know we have all the socials. We're Drunken Uncultured Podcast on Facebook. We're on Twitter at Drunk Uncultured. We're on Instagram at Drunken Uncultured. And you can email us at drunkenuncultured at gmail.com. Our website is drunkenuncultured.podcast.com and check out our Spotify playlist to see what we're listening to each episode. Just search for Drunken Uncultured Music on Spotify. You can find Stephanie at underscore Stephen Color. And Lindsay is online at Lindsay Sold Out. If you like the show, please go to iTunes or your favorite podcast streaming service to subscribe to the show. Rate us and leave us a review. Tell your friends to check us out and let us know if you have any recommendations for topics for us to cover in the future. See you next episode.